And now, the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brandon Staten and Tyler Hansbro. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. This is Sleep Dog with the Big Hawk. What's up, everybody? It is the Big Hawk. We're coming at you uh, tonight, uh, Monday night, but you guys will listen to us tomorrow, Tuesday, uh, hopefully. Uh, but we got a great podcast. Excited to be with my guy, Sleep Dog. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited about this pod, Sleep. Monday night foosball. Um, yeah, man, it is. We are in the doldrums of sports right now. If you ain't in the NBA, ain't really a lot for you out there. But we're going to get into what is uh, transfer portal. A lot of updates there. Big Hawks going to carry the load on that. We'll talk about the playoffs. They started. We've been telling you. There's good storylines there. A lot of uh, didn't disappoint the first weekend. I'll tell you that. Uh, Hurricanes are playing right now as we speak. Got no idea what's going on. Got no idea who plays for the team. Uh, do know that now is when the real fans show up and that real fans are uh, – Big Hawk and I are among them. Um, the Ray baseball. I'm going to actually tease that. Baseball might make a guest appearance here. Um, who knows? Who knows where we'll go? Um, but we'll start with the transfer portal because let's face it. That's why I have you guys listen is just figure out what the, like just the most random shit you can find about Carolina is the reason you're listening to a podcast about Carolina in what is this? May, April, and almost May. A um, few guys moving places, most notably uh, Caleb Love, headed to Michigan. Uh, I couldn't tell you the rest of them because I quit paying attention. <laughs> yes. Big Hawk, so, uh, tell us what's going right. on. We got the portal, guys. The whole ball game has changed for college basketball. A uh, lot of uh, controversy around the portal when it was open, blah, blah, blah. But anyways, we had six players enter the portal. Just a portal update. Uh, like we all love a uh, little off-season drama. Kayla Love going to Michigan. Dontrez Styles going to Georgetown. Uh, and then we have Justin McCoy going all the way out to Hawaii, getting, a, getting as far as he possibly can away from uh, North Carolina and Virginia. Uh, but hopefully he gets to play a lot. He's a good – And the United States. <laughs> yeah. And uh, have fun <laughs> with those slides. Whew. And then we got Tyler Nickel going to Virginia Tech. I think he's going to really help them. Virginia Tech could use some outside shooting. I think they obviously – uh, underperformed this year, but I think they're a capable team. Uh, and I do think Tyler Nickel will play well and uh, maybe a player we wish we had uh, in the coming years. But Will Shaver, still undecided, uh, didn't play a lot at Carolina, uh, hitting the portal, dealing with some injuries. And a lot of people were kind of shocked about Puff. Puff entered his name into the portal, still undecided. I'm actually curious to see what schools are interested in Puff and where he goes. Obviously, I'm wishing him all the best. Uh, but we'll just update you on the players that we landed. Uh, Paxson Wojcik from Brown. Uh, he has one year of eligibility left. Uh, he averaged 15 points per game, hmm. seven rebounds per game, and three assists per game, shooting 38% from the three. Uh, that's going to be great. Hopefully he can carry it over because we desperately need shooters, and we need shooters uh, that can actually make it, and we need shooters that shoot a high percentage from the three-point line. Uh, so we will take them. And also uh, something that goes underrated here is the three assists. I think this team needs people that can share the ball and find people when they're open. So I'm excited about this. Uh, obviously Brown – 
isn't a dominant powerhouse. So we'll see how this transfers this transfer works. But like we said, we saw this with San Diego State this year. Their average age was 23. Uh, older players sometimes can be more valuable than five-star recruits. Uh, and we've seen a lot of one-and-dones with big names come in, don't do anything in college. Uh, so we'll see what impact he has. Uh, his dad was an assistant, according to Pablo, my guy, the producer. Uh, uh, for Professor, P- Pop. Professor Pablo. Professor uh, Pablo. His dad was assistant for Matt Doherty when he was here. So there's a Carolina connection. I know he has a lot of pictures and been to all the camps. Uh, so it's good to have him. Brown uh, didn't really, you know, just run the table this year. They're 14 and 13. Uh, so – uh, we'll see what he does. And a lot of other people, we have uh, Jalen Withers. Uh, hopefully I pronounced that right. He's a transfer from Louisville. Uh, many people actually believe Jalen will be a key player for UNC and think he thinks that uh, they think that he has a chance to shine and really do some good things for us. Uh, so I'm excited about that. At one point, he was an NBA prospect, uh, but uh, obviously Louisville didn't have the year. Uh, <laughs> he had to win no the storm down there, that's for sure. So he's got that behind him. Uh, Louisville had a tough year, sleep, and uh, we were on Twitter just kind of going at him. Uh, but uh, I can understand why he'd want to get the hell out of there. Uh, but he did average eight points per game, 5.3 rebounds per game, and he shot 43% uh, from the three-point uh, line, which uh, you know will take any day. Uh, a guy can hit some shots when they're open. Uh, from the threes. So uh, we'll see how that goes. And uh, that's just the current update. We'll keep you guys updated. And if anything happens, if it's breaking or not, SHWW will keep you up to date instantly as soon as it happened. There's no other podcast out there, no other coverage better than UNC basketball uh, except for SHWW. I mean, give us about three, four, seven days and we'll get it to you. It's just like the Postal Service, baby. It'll get there. Um I was going to say something about Withers. Oh, yeah. You mentioned he used to be an NBA prospect. And I think that is like, you know, in the sense that, like, if you really think about it, every shirt has a collar. Everybody, you know, you could say that. I mean, I'm a prospect. Nobody's found, you know, there's gold still buried under the ground. From when the, the the prospectors missed back in the gold rush, I'm sure, right? So, I mean, everybody's a prospect. Um, start knocking down mm-hmm. some of those threes, and maybe somebody will, you know, sift you out of uh, the dumpster fire that we uh, have kind of been a part of here the last year or so. So, but it can't be any worse than what you're doing out there in, in Louisville. And if it can, God, uh, uh, we got a we got a long road ahead. Uh, the kid from Brown. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Paxson, Paxson you know, yeah. 14, 13. Here's the thing, and be serious about it. Um, got to be a high IQ guy, right? You got to fucking brown, dude. You got a 1,738 so. on the SAT. So um, I don't think that's a good score anymore, but it used to be back in my day. So, you know, you got to figure he's probably pretty good. Probably not going to bring much of an ego to the, to the equation because, I mean, dude, you went to brown. Ain't a whole lot going on. So, look, at this point, and I said it all kind of toward the late part of last year after the season was over. You know, we kept it looking in the refrigerator, expecting to see something that wasn't there an hour ago. I'm just telling you, man, like we are who we saw. 
And until I see otherwise, I don't care who comes in or whatnot. It's, it, hey, it's good these guys can shoot the three. It's good that they got some maturity. They're a little bit older. I agree with you 100%. Like, what this team needs is leadership and, 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 um, camaraderie is not what I'm looking for, but it wouldn't hurt, right? Like, they need some, some cohesion. They, they need what they need. Chemistry, sleep is they that's need what some I was you have been mm-hmm. through it, okay? Uh, some guys with some leadership, some voices, and also respected. Uh, Brady Manick was one of those guys that came in. Uh, you know, he, he took a lot of experience. He was a starter for four years at Oklahoma. Uh, so I think getting veteran guys in college uh, and also guys, I mean, it's different when they're 22, 23 versus they're 19 or 20 coming in. I mean, you have a lot of time in the weight room, and you know what it feels like to play against big, athletic, strong players. So that's one thing that uh, I would definitely keep up, uh, especially since uh, Coach Davis said that we're going to make a big push in the portal. Uh, so, And we're also losing mm-hmm. a lot of players. Okay, we, we have some voids we need to fill. And also, uh, we have some players on the bench that can hoop too. Jalen Washington is going to have a great year. Uh, he's going to come in, get his confidence. He was hurt before the season last year. Uh, he's a potential mm-hmm. NBA prospect. And I know we joked about it. He is a sure. legit NBA prospect. He has size. He has great hands. Uh, he has touch around the rim and he can shoot it. Uh, not many people at that size can do it. He has decent footwork, uh, good athleticism. So he's a guy who I think can really develop and be key for us coming, uh, through the, you know, the home stretch. Now he didn't play a lot. So this year is going to basically we're going to have to look at kind of like his freshman year. There's going to be some up and downs, but if we stay with them, I think, uh, at the end, it's really going to pay off for us. Yeah, I agree, man. And like, look, it's, there's they've everybody here that's the, the unique part about it is for everything that we started talking about when the season started this year was you know you're riding high you've won you know you've gone to the national championship now how are you going to handle all these expectations right mm-hmm. i mean you come into next year and it's like the exact opposite it's like nobody expects anything now somehow i still see all these like uh you know way 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 too early Holes. It's like, dude, <laughs> well, this is like, I just never understand any of that stuff. But, you know, you still see him right there. And, and, and the fact of the matter is, is, you know, Carolina is always going to be that sort of benefit of the doubt school. Like there's, there's, there's a handful of schools that, you know, you can see it and see it and see it and see it. And they're still going to think eh, they'll, they'll get it turned around. So, yeah, there's a lot of opportunities for a lot of, a lot of people. You said Don Trez is going to Georgetown. Did you mention that? That's an interesting yep. move to me. Yep. Right? They've, they've, speaking of program, it's had a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of issues. They had turnover. I think they got a new coach, right? Um, yeah. yeah, Ed Cooley. They fired yeah. uh, Patrick yeah. Ewing, which you know, looking at it, is a difficult fire. Sure, for for one of the greatest players of all time, coaching as all the matter. Uh, you know, it, it, you know, to fire him wasn't an easy decision for everything he's done for Georgetown. Uh, and also, I played for Patrick Ewing. He was on the coaching staff at Charlotte when I was there, uh, so I know how hard he works. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it just didn't work out. Sometimes you just got to cut it and yeah. uh, move on. But uh, you know, it's it's tough. But Ed Cooley also, there's a lot of drama about him leaving Providence mm-hmm. to go to Georgetown. Providence is his alma mater. And then uh, you know, there was some a little controversy with the fans. He's uh, at Georgetown. He thinks that Georgetown uh, has more potential and the ceiling uh, is higher than Providence. So he thinks he can get recruits at Georgetown, bring them back to once, you know, 
make Georgetown uh, a powerhouse that it once was. Uh, they're getting some good recruits. Apparently, Hunter Dickinson, uh, they might get him from Michigan. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. We'll see what develops. Ed Cooley can coach. There's no question about that. So I'm going to be interested to see what Georgetown uh, does. And also, Georgetown low-key been a rival with, with UNC. Mm-hmm. And so uh, for them to be good, uh, potential tournament team that we've seen, mm-hmm. uh, I think Jordan hit the shot in New Orleans against Georgetown. Uh, my team lost in the lead eight my sophomore year to Georgetown when they had Roy Hibbert, Jeff Green. Mm. Uh, so we've seen each other a lot, and it'll be good to have them good again. I always like Georgetown, man. They're they're a fun team to watch, dude. They, they When they're good, mm-hmm. like college basketball is sort of like – it's weird, you know, now that you mention that. It's almost like when Georgetown's good, like college basketball's good. Yeah. Um, they're kind of a bellwether. they got some historically good teams, and that's a team too. And like that, what I'm just generally interested in about like, you know – trend of college basketball the portal's here to stay or at least it's as far as as, as good as we know it mm-hmm. right until they come up with a better idea and, and let's face it that shit ain't gonna happen anytime soon uh nils and all this sort of stuff like it's just a different landscape um i'm interested to see really kind of nervous about it from a carolina perspective but but how often i just think it's a hard road for like perennially good programs like i think they're gonna have hard time a hard time like keeping people and staying good it was always been mm-hmm. um it's always been hard to win and win re- you know um repeatedly but now you know with all these sort of x-factor things going in that's like kind of equalizing the playing field a little bit like i just think it's going to be incredibly tough for your kentuckys and your dukes and your carolinas and these teams to like stay at the top i think they're still they still obviously have a very clear advantage but it's interesting man the way that these like younger kids i guess consume information and like what matters to them and stuff is like the loyalty and like legacy sort of stuff is like i mean and you you see it the most in my opinion when you watch like what's going on with deon sanders in football Mm-hmm. Right. You got like the top recruits are just following this guy because he's on social media. Like he's creating a buzz. I love Dion, by the way. Um, you know, it's just fascinating. So, you know, you got all these, you know, shoe deals. NI, I mean, dude, NIL deals, bro. Imagine you're a kid and you could go be like, have to wait a year at minimum to get like heavy minutes at a place like UNC. Or you can go to the big school wherever you're from and make like 200 grand and be the guy. I mean, it's a different dynamic, dude, in a lot of ways. And the money, it's weird because we're so accustomed as fans to what the pros make that we just totally disregarded an 18-year-old kid getting a check for Mm -hmm. (laughs) $20,000 or $2,000, you know what I mean? Like free Bojangles or some shit isn't, isn't. Uh, a big deal right so i don't know man the whole thing is interesting to me the portal is just dizzying i cannot keep up with all that shit but it's it's like we're gonna land at the beginning of the year and they're gonna have all these these rankings and all this sort of stuff and we're just gonna have the same shit happen that happened this year yeah and so you know my point to what you just said is i think the one thing that will change is the covid year mm-hmm. is on the clock so we're not going to see some of these older teams uh, like San yep. Diego State, they had like a 25 year old playing this year, and Memphis also had a 26 year old on their team. 
So uh, we're not going to see that anymore, which is kind of funny just thinking about it. Uh, <laughs> got some bald that dude will playing shooting guard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that will definitely change. Uh, but the one aspect about the NIL, and this affects home, uh, especially in the ACC is what I'm talking about, is Miami. Miami is going to become a team where players are going to want to go. They have one of the best NIL mm-hmm. packages uh, in the country, and they're willing to pay players. Uh, I, I don't know how you want to you know, disclose a dialogue here, what's proper, what's not the proper way to say it. Uh, but Jim mm-hmm. Laranega can coach. And also they have money. They're going to give money. They're going to get money to players. You saw that with the twins uh, for the women's basketball team. Uh, but also I think they're going to be a team that's, that's going to be consistently good because of that. And you're going to see these schools that can provide these kids with NIL packages start to just kind of creep up and kind of be constantly good because what they can present uh, to recruits and also potential players is very appealing. Yeah. It's Miami. It's San Diego. Like these are places like, could mm-hmm. you imagine, right? Like, dude, I love Chapel Hill. I think Chapel Hill is one of the most beautiful places in the world. Yeah. But it ain't Miami. Nope. And you're 18 and you're getting a check for a hundred grand. <laughs> like these things are yeah, and, these and, things matter, dude. And I don't think not not that many people are talking about it. Yeah. And also you gotta realize sleep is when they talk about Kentucky has a has a good recruiting class. Mm-hmm. Duke has a good recruiting class. We haven't we should. We're one of the best best programs in the country. And for that to be uh, excuse for a bad season is never acceptable because what if Kentucky had a bad recruiting class? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, that would be unacceptable because it's Kentucky, the tradition, what they can provide to players, uh, you know, what other schools can provide to players. So I always hate that argument when it comes to mm-hmm. uh, we have a good recruiting class. So, well, yeah, you are, you're Kentucky. Yeah. You should. Uh, so that's that's one of my arguments against that. Yeah, we've had some great recruiting classes come here that didn't translate to great teams, too. So, I mean, uh-huh. dude, this is a lot of ifs. Um, it's fascinating, man. It's just really, really just sort of an interesting time. And also, I think, you know, the COVID thing, you're right. The COVID year is not going to happen again, God willing, right? Oh, wow. But you are going to see people that are going to make that decision to stay maybe a year longer than they would have. Um, especially if, you know, um, somebody, no one has really yet figured out how to leverage college athletes. Cause in this now social media, like has, has done it a little bit. Right. But like all you really hear about and I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm not even a hundred percent clear on what the rules, like official rules are, but all you really hear about are like these guys getting these big deals, like LeBron, Bronny James, right. Be getting like 7 million bucks or whatever, or, or they say that's his value. But like until as soon as someone figures it out, like figures out how to actually take that and generate money for your business that's when it's going to get crazy, right? Like that's when people, no one's figured it out yet within the parameters of the rules, but you look at it and, and, and I've been meaning to watch uh, air this, this Jordan sneaker movie. Everybody says it's like literally an incredible movie. I can't believe I haven't seen it yet, mm-hmm. but like, I feel like it's timely in this discussion because you know, that was, that was the thing is someone figured it out. Right. How to take these two, you know, paths and cross them. And and if somebody can figure that out within the realm of the and out, that's when it's really going to get interesting. Because then you're going to get guys that, OK, the NBA, I'm going to go and, you know, 
make whatever you know maybe i get drafted late in the first round and i don't you know i don't know how that impacts them but these some of these kids could actually make money that contends with you know that first year or two in the nba and i think as long as somebody stays disciplined there's so many ways you could go on this man but like you know some kids staying in school to get a couple more years of growth on the court you know, a little money in their pocket, you know, maybe get through. I don't know, man. It's it's just the whole landscape is is really fascinating. So in a way, like I think it's doomed with the portal and with this. But in some ways, um, you mentioned those two girls from Miami. I think it's hilarious. They basically they had an opportunity to come back and they're like, nah. And I think they're going to the WCW, whatever the wrestling's called now. Um, they're going to go be wrestlers, of mm-hmm. all things, which, you know. It's just just wild. But uh, anyway, it's hilarious. But, you know, also we said it when this NIL stuff first started coming out, we thought women's sports Mm -hmm. were going to drastically benefit from this. And a lot of people didn't see that coming. Yeah. Uh, But they capitalized on this. And, uh, you know, there's not a lot of money in the WNBA. And so I understand the move. Uh, This is a good opportunity for them to make. Uh, you know, some good amount of money. But also when you talk about name, image and likeness, okay, it also from a business model, you look at it as a social media following Mm -hmm. and all a lot of these women athletes and, you know, these very attractive, uh, you know, athletes or, you know, whatever, they have a big following. And so they have an audience. And so what companies can do is they could really benefit from that instead of buying a commercial, they're going to get more views of their product mm-hmm. going to somebody who has a big social media following yeah. and say, Hey, wear this stuff here. We'll work out a deal. I want six posts. Yep. Uh, I want you to post. We'll do a six week deal. Okay. Every week I want to post tag and all this. That's, that's how something would work. And it, it is exactly, it has nothing to do with their play. It has all to do with their name, image, and likeness because of their following. Mm-hmm. And your play can lead into that. Your play can enhance that. It can grow it and all that sort of, you're exactly right. It opens the, it opens the table mm-hmm. for volleyball and your Olympic sports and all these other things where people are, um, in a way, they're more well-rounded they're fun because, you know, people don't just know them for their sport. Instead, they know them for something else, whether they're, you know, whether they look good, whether they're intelligent, whether they're funny, whether it's whatever, you know, they, they use. I mean, the audience is what people care about. It's why you buy commercials. Mm-hmm. It's why you want to sponsor Carolina. You want the audience. They're on TV. They have fans at the games. It's all the same concept. It's just a different vehicle to get there. So it's... Who knows? Who knows? But what it means for Carolina is Carolina is a really like prestigious, prestigious, whatever, um, you know, program that the university sometimes is set in its ways a little bit. And Carolina Duke, some of these other, they're going to have to evolve. So that's what I think that, well, with Carolina to me is we have a lot of tradition and it's not that, um, you know, sometimes when you have tradition, it's 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 it takes a while for somebody to actually commit to a change. Mm-hmm. And I think especially for a lot of places in the South or other places uh, with a lot of old school mm-hmm. uh, mentality is, you know, they're not so willing to adapt uh, as fast as some of these other schools. And the one thing about Duke, though, is 
<laughs> most people connected with Duke aren't from North Carolina. Mm-mm. The majority of them from the North, uh, mm-hmm. private school mentality, and a lot of money as well. So uh, I'm interested to see what type of packages they're putting together and what they're evolving for their NIL. It's going to be very interesting. And also Duke is uh, going to be very good. They just got Filipowski back. I know they're losing some players, but they're going to be pretty good next year. Got him an NIL deal going door to door selling encyclopedias this summer. Probably that dude. Um, I don't know if you saw his comeback video, but I was like, oh boy. I mean, that makes the hair stand up on the back of my neck, dude. It was uh, kind of comical. Anyway, yeah, lot lot to lot to be determined uh, as as college basketball ball goes forward this summer towards the new year and into the next season. I think you can see a lot more of the same like we saw this year. Also a lot to be determined and a lot of interesting things we're seeing in the NBA playoffs. Before we even get into the NBA playoffs, we were talking about Walker Kessler last uh, pod. Third, um, he was one of three finalists for the rookie of the year. I didn't even realize it. I, I followed the NBA pretty religiously, and I knew Walker Kessler was having a good year. But they had the three finalists for rookie of the year is Banchero, who's going to run away with it. Um, Banchero won it. Yeah. Did he win it? I didn't even see yet. He, but yeah. He, there was one vote that didn't oh, go to right. Banchero. <laughs> and it was the Jazz guy, uh... <laughs> Walker Kessler. But they ran the advanced stat on it, and Walker Kessler might have had it, uh, you know, advanced stat wise, he might have got him. Well, yeah, but, I mean, he's uh, a mo- much more efficient player, and, and as much as I hate to, yeah, yeah, as much as I hate to admit it, Banchero is going to be a great player in the NBA, um, or at least he, he he reminds me a lot of Jason Tatum when uh, you watch him play. Uh, and there's some there's some teams out there that could be pretty good. So, like right now, maybe hey, maybe Banchero will be the first uh, Duke player NBA, to be in a good. And well, NBA MVP ever from Duke. How about that? Banchero, that might be pretty good. I mean, Kaminga is going to eat his lunch for the rest of his career. So, I mean, I don't yeah. see him being an NBA MVP, but. We've um, had a few MVPs at North Carolina. Yeah, a couple. Duke never had one. Yeah. No, I didn't. I never realized that. Grant Hill was probably the best option or opportunity they ever had. And he just couldn't stay healthy. Dude, Grant Hill was good. Grant Hill was good. Grant He's was very, really I good. can't knock that. He was unbelievable. His highlights are up. Very few guys, too, from Duke that you like, as you get older, so you calm down about some of those older guys. Like Christian Leitner, I'll never, like, he can always kiss my ass. But you calm down about, like, Grant Hill and Reddick and some of those guys. A um, lot of, uh, interesting storylines in the in the nba so you got the the play-in has happened since the last pod um i thought oklahoma city might make it speaking of young teams they barely got you know got ousted um and you wound up the interesting part about the nba speaking of the uncertainty of the college game interesting thing about the nba is you got a lot of these really great teams that are lower seated in the in the playoffs this year you got the Warriors at six. You got the Lakers at seven. Like the Heat barely getting in. The Heat were the number one seed in the in the uh, Eastern Conference last year. And it's not like they got their guys got hurt or they lost players. I mean, they still got Jimmy Butler. They still got out of bio. They still got Tyler Harrow. They still got Kyle. They got good players. And they barely got in the playoffs. Then they lost the first damn play-in game. And they had to win their last game to get in. And then they turn around and beat the Bucks in the first game last night. Now, Giannis got hurt, so he missed like basically, I think he missed the the second half and then some, but they think he's going to be all right. You got the Lakers went into Memphis. John Rant hurt his hand. Lakers went to Memphis and won. Um 
the Knicks are exciting. The, the Warriors are a low seed. They play the Kings. The Kings might be one of the top teams in the league. And, dude, they looked at, at home their first playoff game in 16 years. De'Aaron Fox is legit. Um, oddly, so, so, so there's eight games in the first uh, eight matchups in the first uh, round of the playoffs. The first game, there were four upsets on paper. Lakers, Heat. Clippers, who are a five seed, Knicks, who are a five seed, both playing four seeds. And then the Kings won. They beat the Warriors. Of course, the Kings are the higher seed, but betting wise, everybody's in on the Warriors because the Warriors are healthy and they got hot and, you know, close out the year strong. Andrew Wiggins comes back. Andrew Wiggins plays great and they still lose. So, um, you know, the playoffs, dude, are like. As soon as I get off of here, I'm going to watch playoff games because they're all good. Every single one of those games was good, except for Denver and Minnesota. That's going to Denver's going to sweep Minnesota. Heard it here first. Yeah, sweep. I'm going to be interested. There's two. There's two uh, matchups I'm really looking forward to: the Lakers and Grizzlies. Job ja Moran is hurt, uh, and we've gone mm-hmm. back and forth. We've de- we've debated: is Memphis a better team without Ja? I think Memphis is a very good team, and the lake Jaron Jackson Jr. Oh, yeah. defensive player of the year by oh, the way. Yeah. Then they have a lot of pieces and Memphis has also taken on this mentality us against the world uh have built up a lot of enemies. Uh but also the Lakers this Austin Reeves kid has an attitude and is coming out of nowhere. Dude, he is hooping. <laughs> I mean, he great, is making dude. highlight plays. Yeah. He's a dorky white guy and he's doing all these things. He's a yeah, fun fun kid to watch and undrafted Four years at Oklahoma, back to the college. <laughs> Four years at Oklahoma, undrafted. Dude went for 31 yeah. in game one of the playoffs the other night. Rookie cards going through the roof right now. And uh, the funny part is LeBron's like, who in the f-? – and, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the best part is like 10 years ago, he tweeted how he, t- he was throwing shade at LeBron on Twitter when he was like 15. <laughs> and, of course, now LeBron's old enough to be his grandpa, is on his team. Um yeah, that 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 whole dynamic, dude, and he's fearless, yeah. man. He took a shot late, he drove the lane, and everybody thought he was going to lob it to AD, mm-hmm. and he just he put it in. Hey, and also one other thing: there's one other guy who embellishes injuries, just like Tiger Woods, Anthony Davis. Uh, did you yeah. see the clip where he said, "I can't move my arm"? <laughs> yes, I did. And I'm just I did. like, I was and like, then they showed the replay, and you're like. Where did he get hit? And 45 seconds later, he's just throwing down a damn tomahawk. Uh, he's in the weight room just doing pull-ups. And, uh, you know, at, at some point, oh, you, somebody's got to do a drinking game. Anytime he limps, hurts, or does anything mm. uh, similar to uh, getting injured or fighting through an injury, take a drink. See if you're not. Are those guys? Are, I meant to ask you. Sorry to cut you off on that. Cause this, this literally when you, I literally was watching and I saw that happen, <laughs> that exact thing. And two, two things, I'm getting to a question about this, but before I even ask like Anthony Davis, I used to think like, man, why are everybody so high on this guy, dude? Like I get that he's good and blah, blah, blah. He's hurting this dude. He is fucking incredible. Oh yeah. He is extremely good. Um, way better than I think even people, I think he's still underrated after having watched him <laughs> a lot more. Dude, he's unbelievable. Are there guys though? Cause he comes to mind. Are there guys in the NBA that aren't really hurt? Like, I'm not saying not hurt, 
but that just aren't tough and that they like have a that are hurt and not injured and miss time. I mean, are there really guys out there like because I always wonder like these guy like him can still get paid and I'm not asking for names, but a guy like him can still get paid. And I'm just curious, like, how are you that good? And if somebody bumps into your arm and you're like, I, you look at me and say, I can't feel my arm. And like, I mean, what? So sleep, here's the thing is there's an old school vet move. You get hurt in the fourth quarter in a blowout. You know why? Uh-huh. You don't practice the next day. Uh, and I'm not saying Anthony Davis does that, but <laughs> I do always wonder when somebody gets hurt, that's a, you know, a key piece. It doesn't have to worry about his spot late in the game. If, Hey, I want to sit out practice uh, or something like that. I'm trying to go to club tonight. <laughs> but, you know, the thing with Anthony Davis is, like, he's had a lot of injuries. Uh, you know, I don't, I'm not sure, like, you know, his uh, his bulk or his body has never been mm-hmm. his strong suit. Like, he's extremely athletic, extremely long, uh, has good finesse, good skill. Uh, but that type of body is prone to injuries. And I th- I do think he's overcome a lot of injuries, but I, I'm not sure if he embellishes some of those, to be quite honest with you, because it just seems like he is always one of those guys that, uh, you know, the, his biggest knock is, can he stay healthy? Yeah. And, they're starting, and it just seems like he's always hurt. Yeah. And they're starting to turn it into, uh, I mean, you're starting to ask the same questions with um, Zion, Zion, right? Yeah. And, and, and look, I said this before, like AD gets, uh, AD gets a lot of shade and KD doesn't get as much. But the one thing that all those guys have in common is that the reason they're so good is because of their freakish size and body type. And so that's mm-hmm. the part that I don't think a lot of, I mean, bro, I'm like the world average human being, like 5'11 white dude. Okay. So I've got, that's like slightly overweight. Um, so these guys, you know, the NBA is a fast game and it's a physical game. And I think people think, oh, they don't play defense or all oh, they don't do. These are the these guys are fucking freak athletes, all of them, not just these three that I'm talking about. But, you know, I think some of the durability issues comes from, you know, these Kevin Durant's like almost seven feet tall, 87 feet tall. Zion Williams is 285 pounds and like six, mm-hmm. eight. Right. So in, in, in the, these guys, the reason that the, what makes them so great is the, that they're so much different and you can't, right. You can't guard Kevin Durant period. Right. Um, and, and I think that's the thing that makes a guy like LeBron that much more incredible is that he has those dimensions and is relatively remained healthy through his career. But you see guys like Steph or guys like John Morant or even Jordan, who's also a freak, you know, but still sort of like in the NBA, six, six, like, all right, that's like a dude that's six, two is my, my neighborhood or some shit. Right. You got him like uh, Kobe and those guys like they're uh, like if you could call their body more normal. Um, you know, maybe that has something to do with it, but these guys are, these guys are injury prone, but they're they're freaking big dude. So so I want to talk about like two, two players when I played Derek Rose Mm -hmm. and also Amari Stoudemire. Those are the two players that come to mind when you think about injuries to me, Mm -hmm. because I saw both of those guys during their prime. I saw Amari during an MVP, uh, you know, type year. He was making a push for that MVP run. And I also saw Derrick Rose. I played against him when he was an MVP. And Derrick Rose at that time, 
to me, was one of the top three athletes in the world. If there was, you know, three athletes, LeBron is up there, and I would put Derrick Rose in that category at that time as somebody who, if I was like, hey, who would you recommend? I'd be like, Derrick Rose or LeBron. You got to go see this guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, Derrick Rose, it looked like he was jumping uh, off a trampoline. Mm-hmm. And he's not that big, Mm-mm. but, man, that guy was tough. And he took a beating. And he never had that reputation. Even though he ha- went through a lot of injuries, he never had that rep for being soft. Mm-hmm. He never had that rep for being uh, for embellishing injuries because he always handled himself well. And also he played for Tom Thibodeau, which is one of the toughest old school coaches out there. And so the media kind of fed in with that. But Derek Rose, uh, you know, is one of those players that come to my mind. And he's also, uh, you know, you talk about, you know, some of these freak athletes just have these injuries mm-hmm. because – they're so athletic. Can their body handle the type of punishment or, you know, the force uh, that it requires uh, to be at that athletic on the body? Is it capable of moving and jumping like, uh, you know, some of those guys do? Uh, and I, I think that has a lot to do with it. Omari, uh, for his size, I mean, that guy could rip it and put it right on your head. Dude. And before you blink your eye, he's he's dunking on you. Uh, but uh, he was also one of my favorite players growing up. So I love the battles against him. Gosh, he was good. Those are great call-outs, man. Derrick Rose's MVP season, like I haven't, I haven't even looked at the stats. But his MVP season might have been one of the greatest single – you know, individual basketball seasons ever. I mean, dude, he was incredibly good. And that team was, that team was all right. Right. They had, they had a lot of good role players. Well, they, they had some good play. They had uh Taj Gibson role player. They, they had, had Boozer. Yeah. Uh, who just came yeah. from Utah. Joe Kim Noah. They, they Joe also Kim had Noah. Kyle Corver, uh, Lou Dang. Dang. Uh, they had the white Mamba, uh, Brian Scalabrini. Uh, let's see who else did they Ooh. have on that bench? Uh, Kirk Heinrich, who was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask uh, you who, who backed it. Yeah, those. Okay, so those are great players. They, they were like they, they were like a top two team in the in the East. They were God, one seed that year good, too. Man. In the playoffs. Dude, he was so fast. He could shoot. He could jump over you. Like mm-hmm. play defense, right? That's the thing too that a lot of people don't get enough credit for in the league. Like Anthony Davis last night had like five blocks and at one point or like. Dude, like three, mm-hmm. four steals. Um, he's just and dude, right after the arm moment, dude. They gave him a ball running down the lane, and I thought he was just gonna like swan dive <laughs> through the hoop. I mean, it just pulled himself up. I'm like, dude, I don't know how they build him stanchions to hold dudes like this up, but I mean, dude, there's some incredible. You know, he's good, and and it would be really, really cool. Um, I think everybody hates the Grizzlies now. And what's his face? Dylan Brooks showing up in a perm, that whole wiggling thing they do. It's like, dude, you're asking to get blown out. Yeah, I'm not pulling for the Grizzlies for sure. I I don't know what it is, but yeah, I'm with you, Sleep. Um, You definitely want, um, I don't know, if you're a a basketball fan, you got to want as much LeBron as you can get because there ain't a whole lot of time left. So, um, speaking of not a lot of time left, we ain't got a lot of time left, but I want to ask one question. I told a teased baseball making an appearance here. 
we've been talking about like a little history on all this stuff. So Tampa Rays, Tampa Bay Rays, a feeder for the Durham Bulls. So all you local folks here, shout out to the local sports. Durham Bulls uh, feed up to the Tampa Bay Rays. Tampa Bay Rays started the season 13-0, and okay? Which is enough for me to actually know that. And if I know anything about baseball right now, chances are it's a big story. Now, I don't think anybody's done it since like fucking Paul Revere was riding around Fenway Park. And... Um, it brought me to a good, which of course they're 13 and two now, uh, Pablo, another, another nut drop on us. Um, so they'll probably, be, you know, I guess I'm probably like 16 and 10 here in a couple of weeks and everybody will forget all about it, but it's a historically good start to the season. I do know that winning 13 games in a row in baseball is very hard. Brings me to this question. Cause also another, another thing that I heard that I didn't even know shit about is Boston Bruins. Um, <laughs> Boston Bruins won like 60 some oh, games this year, Boston right? Hockey Ruins, and baseball. Yeah, Boston, who cares? Um, uh, but apparently they won more games than anybody else. So, single season record you got Dolphins go undefeated, you got Warriors went 73 and nine, you got the Astros, I think. The fact that I even have to ask just shows how important baseball is. I think Astros won like 117, 18 games, something like that. Mm-hmm. Boston just wins 63. By the way, I think they, I think it's 63. Mine was 65. They play 82 games in hockey. That's a shitload <laughs> of wins when that's all you play. What do you think is the hardest sport to have the single season record for wins in? Uh, let me think here, sleep. I think it'd have to be football. I just think their season's the shortest. Uh, they don't play that many games. And Anybody, I think the likelihood of anybody beating anybody is higher. Um, that, now I know that they don't, so their likelihood of getting wins, like against a you know a baseball team, isn't. They're not going to get more wins than a baseball team. Period. Uh, <laughs> guys, I didn't go to Brown. <laughs> that is definitely go not going to happen. Uh, not going to win more uh, than that. Um, so here, here's my take on it. All right, is baseball. You just can't win a game. Dude, Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, like these are two of the best baseball players in the world. And the Angels never made the playoffs before. Okay. I don't even know if you know who they are, but they're really good baseball players. I know who Otani is. Ashanti? So. Basically, and they had pool holes too. They did, yeah. Well, they had, they had. Uh, I mean, good. They they backed up the Brinks truck for them. Yeah, they sure and did. Like maybe what they did is they paid the three best players in baseball and they surrounded them with some shit. Yeah, and it just shut. Hey, man, you can't win like that. Well, see, here's the thing in baseball: like, you can't. Good players don't. You know. That's such a weird sport, right? People could talk about a, a player not winning a championship in baseball. And it's like, yo, there were there's a like forty people on that team, and nine of them take the field. And if I'm a pitcher or if I'm a hitter, right? Like, I don't even get to play that much. Like, maybe if they hit the ball in my direction, I'll have a lot of. Eye, but otherwise, I'm gonna play like hit like three times. Sleep. Um, I, I got it, man. This is one of my favorite stories. I was uh, in Chicago, and Wrigley is amazing. I'm a, I'm a, I've never been. I am a Cardinals fan. I mean, I'm from Missouri, so I rep the Cardinals. Couldn't name a player. Uh, but the Cubs, completely useless by September. That's what it stands for. Uh, but the Wrigley is a great place to watch a game. And I remember they had this player they signed to a huge contract who just 
who got the yips and he was a hitter, couldn't hit the ball. And then after one of the games, the uh, Cubs or the Cardinals, the Cubs. And so okay. I was, I was in Chicago and went to Wrigley. Uh, I hate baseball, love watching it live mm-hmm. in Wrigley. It's a great experience. And so having a few, a few brewskis and uh, all of a sudden they had this player come out of the dugout. Couldn't, couldn't, <laughs> no clue who it is. They're paying them millions and millions. They just signed him a good contract. Everyone starts booing them. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? And they're like, man, this guy hadn't hit a, hadn't even touched the baseball in like, I had a long no hit streak and they just paid him all this money. He got the yips and he was open about it. And, uh, God, I'm trying to remember who it was. And then I, I looked at these interviews. He's like, yeah, I've done everything. Listen, guys, I'm really trying. I'm upset too. I'm going to a sports psychologist. And, uh, then it got so bad. He was like, I'm contemplating retiring. And uh, I just thought it was one of the. <laughs> Do you remember his name? No, no clue. Son of a bitch, dude. Because I, 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 I used to be. It's 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 really one of the weirdest things in my life. Like I used to be able to tell you everything about baseball, and then I just like I don't I don't watch it at all anymore. Um, but dude, baseball is a streak thing, man. And um, you know, like there's been there's been players that uh definitely do that. You know, get the yips or whatever. Um, but it's such a hard sport to win as a team, but it's weird because like when baseball team, baseball is like, you'll never find anybody more superstitious than them gambler and a baseball player. And I bet a baseball player is more again, a baseball team is like a, uh, what are they? A craps table, dude. Like everybody in that damn clubhouse is like riding the same wave during a win streak. Dude, dude's got their underwear on inside out and shit. I mean, doing a bunch of weird shit. Like they do it craps, but as soon as it goes bad, it's done. Like, I promise you guys, by the next time, I don't even know how many games the Rays play this week, but by the time we come on again, they're 13 and 2 right now. I don't even know what the score is as we're recording. We come back on, they are no better. They have at least five losses in a week. Not not all five, but they'll have at least five losses by the time we come back. Guys, take that to the books. That's a take lock. it to the books. That is I a mean, lock. Lead put, pipe, baby. Put the farm on it. Believe me, that is an absolute lock. You've heard it here. SHWW Sleep Dog Master Lock it. Throw away the key. Bolt cutters don't need them. I'm telling you, baby. Ride that one to the Cherokee. Okay. Um, football. Okay. Basketball. The thing about basketball is your team can be that much better than everybody else's. And and that's why I think basketball is probably the easiest to do. I got no fucking idea about hockey. Football is still sort of individual, but it's very team-oriented. Baseball is um, a very anticlimactic answer to the question, which is what was the um, hardest single-season wins record. You got all those games and all that shit. I'm going to go baseball. But nonetheless, um, pretty crazy what... Um, the Rays did and it's also crazy that the Durham Bulls I think have won the championship three seasons in a row nobody gives a shit also not easy to do um, I'm running out of storylines here um, go get your crab cakes um, check out the transfer portal go check out the NBA playoffs John Kaminga's on in about uh, 52 minutes you know where Sleep Dog's gonna be you got anything else Big Hawk? stay safe stay safe